This is Y-Tune Shuffle. Y-Tune Shuffle, it's the music that informs our lives. The rules here are that there are no rules other than just bring in your music, mm. hit play. We- and then we get to pick your brain about why those songs. Who's ever heard this and not clapped? You know, everyone claps. Communists. I used this to represent family dynamics because this is a sample of what my siblings listen to. So this is one of my brothers. Welcome to Y-Tune Shuffle, a celebration of the music that inspires our lives with your hosts, comedian and radio personality, Maggie Mayfield, and Hollywood's secret weapon, David Earl Waterman. This is Y-Tune Shuffle. Welcome to another episode of Y-Tune Shuffle. Glad to be here on a gorgeous Saturday morning. My name is Maggie Mayfield, your host, with your co-host, David Earl Waterman, a.k.a. Hollywood Secret Weapon! Hey, Tune Squad. <laughs> that is, hey, Tune Squad, just so you know, too, if you haven't seen it on our social media, which you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Y-Tune Shuffle, we're hosting a party yes. coming up Wednesday, December 13th at the Copper Still in Koreatown yeah. in Los Angeles. It'll start at like 8 o'clock-ish and go till whenever we're done. But we've got food and there'll be a DJ there and I'm working on maybe doing a photo booth thing. Oh man, come down. It'll be so fun. Please come down and hang out with us because this is an opportunity for everybody to, you know, pitch in and tell us a song and tell us a story and then we're going to air it, right? Yeah, so part of a the, big show. the point of the party is so that we can collect our Tune Squad stories about Christmas. So any songs that remind you of like favorite or memorable Christmas stories, we want to hear all of that stuff. But again, it's all up on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram page at Y-Tunes Shuffle. Simple as that. That's it. Our guest today, Shauna Baca. I'm so excited that you're here. You have done some amazing things. Not only are you a film producer, but you founded a production company called Four Elements Production. Yes. Okay. For Elements Entertainment. For Elements Entertainment. Right. Uh, do your homework, Mags. Uh, <laughs> but you, not only that, but you're a film producer and you've, we're working on two documentaries. You just finished a music video. How do you find the time to breathe? Not well. <laughs> I have a I have a little like Mister Mask, you know, that like steams, so I can make sure that I'm like breathing. Well, do you tote around a little like canister full of oxygen behind you? Not quite, but I mean, I can see one in the future. Okay, I know we can get them cheap. <laughs> yeah. My grandma just died. Oh my wow. god! No, wow. she did, and I'm kidding. Oh, that would be an awful thing that's if that sad. were horrible. I know. Here, Off have my grandma. Horrible start. Said, let's. The, we need some music relief. Some we need. Us. All right. So oh, we're just gonna go right into songs. I'm excited to hear your fave five that you brought in today. So here is song number one. <laughs> let's go all the way back. Let's go. I want to go back to these times. <laughs> oh my god, I love this song. This is a Y Tunes connection All for Maggie Mayfield. All I can think about is like her on the MTV stage in the wedding dress, just like gyrating crazily. She's the queen of gyration. Yeah. So Madonna? Yeah. Where does this bring you? What does it make okay. you think of? Where are we in your yeah. lifetime and well, your history? You know, there's like a there's like a before and after story. No, no, no. It doesn't have to do with like virginity or sexual. You know, sex. <laughs> I wasn't even. That didn't even occur to me. 
<laughs> no, I mean, when the song like first hit, I mean, we've never seen anything like that. MTV had come on the, you know, come into like our lives and that we're playing like music videos and, but regular TV never showed women in this light. So, I mean, in every, like a sexual light, is that what you're talking about? Or at all? Well, no, as they powerful. showed it, I think as powerful, like empowerment. I think that with Madonna, like she brought in sexuality and owned it and like made it sexy. And it, you know, it wasn't like about the male gaze, like you've seen maybe with like some of Luke Skywalker's music videos where you had the video girl like in a bikini, you know, mm-hmm. twerking before twerking was ever invented, you know, in these <laughs> videos. So it was like that was an objectification like towards women, whereas like Madonna was like, I'm in power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you look at the music video, it's like it keeps cutting back to this lion, like walking through these like streets of like Venice. Um, oh, and, I don't remember that. There was a real live lion in the video? Yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah, well, I mean, she's a Leo and she's a lion. Where you were know? you living? At the time, let me see. I think I was on the east side. East was, side of Los Angeles? Yeah. What neighborhood would that be? God, I think I was living in like Montebello. Montebello. That's where I was born. Yeah. Born in Montebello, California. Yeah. And that's where you would first have heard this song. That's where I first heard the song. I mean, I don't want to date myself because I think I was like watching this music video while I was still in the womb of my mom. Which know? a lot like, of us, I mean, a lot of us, yeah. I was because I don't want to say, yeah. mm-hmm. but like every little girl, mm-hmm. every young girl, every did adolescent mom, girl. Did you like, listen to this to song around your parents? Yeah, I think so. And I mean, then, okay. I mean, my my mom was trapped in the seventies, so she was like a Motown person. Mm-hmm. I don't think she ever really caught on to like what we were really watching. But like, we started dressing like Madonna, and we wanted to be Madonna. But the interesting thing about it is that recently I went back to school and I just graduated with my BA in congratulations. Film. Yeah, that's great. Cinema and television arts, and in one of my classes was like a women as filmmakers class, and we talked a lot about feminism. So like the second wave of feminism came in. And even though that started like in the 60s and well into the 70s, Madonna actually plays a very pivotal part in feminism in the second wave of of feminism. So she like really brought sexuality to the forefront, but really owned it and really empowered it. And so when you listen to this song, it it sort of is a is kind of a, a motivator for your own sort of version of feminism or was this was a song that helped sort of guide you? I don't think that. I was really that aware. I mean, that's the way I said the before and the after. It's oh. kind of like when we were kids, we just liked Madonna and we wanted right, to be right. Madonna, you right. know, and we wanted to be pretty and in charge and empowered. But I don't think that I really looked at it like, oh, yeah, I'm like a feminist. Did you have a boyfriend at the time? No, I was like a late bloomer. I didn't have a boyfriend. <laughs> what? Yeah. Like after high school? Oh, after high school. Yeah. I'm like a virgin. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> what were you like in high school? Good grades? Or were you kind of a class clown? Or You know, there were a lot of things that happened. So, like, I kind of had a very tumultuous childhood. So I went from being a straight-A student to going to continuation. So I spent most of, like, the 10th and 11th grade in continuation school. So um, there, they don't really educate you they just sort of babysit you um now i know what continuation school is but for the listener's sake i mean what how does one transfer to continuation from like public well usually you get kicked out of school that's what i'm talking about <laughs> um and who they, did you knife they, <gasps> who did i knife no actually you know what's funny is that 
Um, we moved about every six months. So I had to go to new schools. And I think as I got um, older, it was harder being a young girl going to a new school. Oh, yeah. You know, and um, so I got in a lot of fights uh, being the new girl and uh, bullied a little bit. And uh, so it was a, a continuation. It was like the first place that I actually felt safe because nobody fought. And my two best friends, one was um, this guy named Psycho. He was a he, was, <laughs> he had long hair and he was a rocker dude, like all into Slayer and Iron Maiden. And then my second like best friend was um, this guy, Gaby, who was from White Fence. Like he was from a Latino gang. And then there was me, you know, Miss Like a Virgin, like got kicked out of school. And um, we were like three peas of a, in a pod, you know, just hanging out. So um, nobody right really there. messed yeah. with me. And um, yeah, well, you had of... people named Gaby and Psycho hanging out with you. Yeah. So. And nobody ever suspected me of doing drugs or anything like that. So like they would pass me their pot and stuff like that because we would get randomly like searched. You know, narcs would come in at any given time. Oh, wow. And then, you know, after during like lunch, we would smoke pot outside and stuff. You and, smoked pot? I did. I would smoke never. Pot. I didn't know. I know. You, yeah. I went to continuation. There's a lot about me. That, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot behind this mask. I'm telling you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I went to continuation, and then I actually made up a lot of units in my English class, but I kind of got really behind on my others and stuff. And then my senior year, we moved to Venice. And I went to Venice High School, and they let me back in regular school. So I went to school during the day, and I had to go to school at night so I would be able to graduate on time, Wow, which I did. That's great. Yeah. And then you just finished your BA. Yeah, I went back to school. It was like the one regret that I had. So I literally went back to school and fulfilled my biggest regret of not having my BA. Yeah. So it was really interesting kind of being an adult going back to school with yeah. these kids and a I lot did of the them same thing yeah i didn't graduate college until i was 29 oh yeah, yeah. i'm a, like a few years older than you I'm but fi- not much I'm sh- still yeah i'm 53 i'm i'm just finishing my uh, first semester freshman year yeah well you know when i went back to um venice high school and i was going to night school there was a woman there who sat next to me and she had these like coke bottle glasses and she was like 90 years old <laughs> wow and her name was Golden Shore. Like, that's her real name. Her last name was Shore. Her real, her birth name was Golden, and she went by Goldie. And I asked her, I said, well, like, why, why are you going to school? And she said, well, you know, I got married when I was in high school, so I never finished high school. She goes, and then I started having kids. And she's like, I raised my kids. And then my husband went off to the war, and she's like, had to take care of the family. Yeah. And she's like, then my kids grew up. And they had kids, and then I helped them with the grandchildren. And she's like, and then my husband got sick, and he died. And she's like, and I always wanted to finish high school. And she was like 90. So I was like, well, if Goldie could do it, I could do it. Heck yeah. (laughs) Yes, indeed. She was like really inspirational. Like before, Mm -hmm. you know, she died, she wanted to get her GED. And so like that year, I got my high school diploma, and she got her GED. That's wonderful. Wow. That's amazing. Mm. Yeah. It was really weird, too, because I think a lot of people thought I was younger because I have purple hair, and maybe I'm a class clown kind of person. Ah, you know, I was like the, you were the, the comic. Class clown. I was like the comic relief in That's this because I was like, I got to make this fun. Uh-huh. But um, at the same time, definitely, you know, older. Yeah. And so I th- so when, you know, when I would take classes, like, 
women as filmmakers and we would talk about feminism, I would see the differences in the curriculum of like things being taught as on an elective standpoint and things um, that are like mandatory, you know, prerequisites and stuff. And you, you definitely see as a filmmaker, like there's not as many directors as, you know, that are women. There's not as many cinematographers as women. Um, and then when you're, when you're watching all these movies by these great men or you're reading literature, it's like the literature that you get and the information that you're downloaded with don't really include women um, in it. In the same way, if you are reading, a, a, you know, literature written by women about women filmmakers. Yeah. So. I, I'm so impressed that I feel like we talk so much about there's not enough women in entertainment. There's not enough women that do this. And I feel like we could talk ourselves in circles. But you're just like, I'm just going to do it. And you're doing it. You're working on two documentaries. You just did a music video. I If I read this correctly, you organized the 2004 American Latin Film Festival. Yeah. Like you just do it. <laughs> like it doesn't it doesn't seem like it occurs to you like I happen to be female. I just do the things that make me happy, which is make movies, make films, go to school, do like to be the best complete self that you can be. Yeah, I think that's the way I have to, you know, I guess I've always just had to look at it because if you read the statistics, the statistics are quite, quite depressing. Yeah. So then you wouldn't want to do it. Yeah. You know, so it like took me going back to school to like really see even the importance and relevance of Madonna in the 80s. Right. And you're just thinking, oh, this is just a woman who like gets on stage and gyrates and <laughs> does like all this stuff and wears these like pointy breasted like bras and stuff and speaks her mind. But in the era that she came up. And the shifts in our, like, social climate and gender roles, like, she really plays a pivotal role in that. That's why I kept saying before and after. After. It's like, before I was just in it, I didn't think that I had, like, sort of an awakening conscious of, like, what significance and what was, like, going on within our environment. what does the Coney bra mean? Right. (laughs) It means empowerment. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Song number two. Two. Uh-huh. Don't mind us, we're just drinking Coca-Cola. Cheers. Yep. little bit different than madonna oh yeah (laughs) Yeah. but madonna got me there this is like psycho and is it getty what was his name gabby gabby and psycho or gaby gaby and psycho no 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 this was like i'd long left the east side and gaby and psycho yeah (laughs) okay but those were my best friends where are you connected with them on facebook now no um actually i heard that gaby um went to prison and i think he died actually oh. uh a psycho i don't know he's probably like an accountant at some like law firm now That's you great. know with short hair but underneath that button-up shirt he's still like sporting a slayer shirt that's great i'm All right, holding so on line two for yeah. psycho i'm holding on line two for psycho <laughs> like how Merrill would you search for that like where is psycho um <laughs> uh, or... list of thousands <laughs> <Yeah>. i'm sure <laughs> so 
Guns N' Roses, Paradise City. Yeah, I became a rock chick, like, by the time I was probably, like, 16, 17. Um, Axl Rose came on the market. I don't know. Like, we all thought he was so sexy. I mean, with the with the eyeliner and the, like, teased-out hair and the little, like, you know, leather pants. I don't know. Uh, yeah. But that's it's a style that, that I remember, like, how can I emulate that? I could kind of emulate Bruce Springsteen. I could kind of emulate Bon Scott. But... Axl Rose. I mean, you've got to commit. It's uh, like biker you, shorts. I don't know. And you try, you, you've tried to do the snake, right? I've well, again, I tried and failed. You know, there was no emulating. Uh-huh. Not at all. I Not think you all. can do it. Like, tell me what were what was going on at the time? Like, um, what does it make you think of? Particular? Well, I think okay. So, Guns N' Roses is one of my favorite bands. Um, that uh, Paradise City is like probably my top favorite song of. From Guns N' Roses. Um, Are you cruising in your car at this point listening to this? Well, I think this reminds me of sort of a happy and a sad time in my life. Mm. Uh, My stepfather had committed suicide. So Paradise City, like the words remind me of like, you know, the sort of containment of like this life in this world and sort of being subjected to mortal life and and gender roles and all this stuff. Materialism. And and I was like a kid who just wanted to like live and be. And at the same time, like when he says um, that he wants to go, you know, home to the paradise city, to me that is like sort of an etheric kind of after life type of a place, you know, so, and my stepfather had committed suicide, and so there was just, like, a lot of weird stuff going on. But also, like, Guns N' Roses sort of reminds me of the good times in my youth. Yeah. Were you close to your stepfather? Um, Yeah, kind of, sort of. Like, not at first. When he first came into our lives, like, I was not having it You at gave all. him a lot of shit, didn't you? I gave him a lot of shit. Like, what would very, you do? I just, you know, didn't want to listen. I was like, oh, my God, this guy's coming into our life and he's trying to play dad. Like, you know, my dad died when I was like seven months old. I didn't haven't really had a dad. And he was probably not the best example of a dad at first. But like, I really think that he cared and, you know, he really tried. Yeah. And I think kids need to be disciplined. And my mom was just like, whatever. I'm like lost in Motown. (laughs) I was say, do you think that he was good for your mom? No, I don't think it was a good relationship, but I think that ultimately he really did care about me and my sister, and he tried to be mm-hmm. a good dad. Mm-hmm. Are you the oldest? I am. How, young, how much younger is your sister? She's five and a half years younger than me. So you're, this is Paradise City with the stepfather, and, um, and your sister and your mom are all living together in Venice at this point. Or no, this is beyond that. Yeah, we were living in Venice. Venice um, when is so that cool. happened. Venice, California. Venice Beach. Yeah, no, it is. And it was a different school experience. Um, it was like the first time I had ever went to school with like Jewish kids or like non <laughs> kids. And like, I'm like, Middle East, what's that? You know, what's Persian? Because I mean, growing up on the East Side, you were either Latin or you were Asian. Really? Yeah. Oh. I mean, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we had one friend named Pam, and we called her White Pam because it was like there weren't that many like white people that lived in our neighborhood. So Pam was So white, even yeah. though I look white, but I come from a Latin mm-hmm. and indigenous like family. I mean, Venice was rough back then. Like Venice was a hood. 
Well, yeah. I, well, it depends. Like in Venice, it's like it's the only place I know where you can be like have million dollar houses like on one block and then the next block over yeah. there's the Venice show line Crips, you know, and it's that's like what I was dangerous. talking about. Yeah. When I first moved out here, there was a, that was where we got a lot of our kids in juvenile hall were coming out of Venice. And that was the shoreline Crips. Yeah, yeah. The rolling 60s had a little affiliation down there, too, which are gang names. Wow. Rough. Just, just to yeah. educate you on because he's an expert in. I love it. I love it. So Guns and Roses. Yes. <clears throat> awesome. Like a Virgin, Guns and Roses, number three. Song number three. I haven't heard this song in forever. depressing I don't know it's a good way. terrible it makes me think of Will Ferrell and wedding crashes I, I, I don't <laughs> I don't make that association it, it just for me for me it, it's always like I wasn't cool enough to be listening to Led Zeppelin when it would come in the parties and stuff because I wasn't I was still kind of Van Halen I think and, uh-huh. and Boston and really kind of poppy rock and so someone would put this on and I'd be like I don't I'm not worthy I don't really get it but I know it's intense. Now, though, now I love it. What say you, Shauna? Yeah. Why, why, where does this take you? Well, actually, the song r- reminds me of my best friend. Oh. And I don't know why the theme ends up being death today, but she died in a car accident in 2009. And so the song, like, it, it had always been, like, a cool song, which I never, like, had any reference to. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, this song reminds me of her. Because it starts out by saying there's a lady who's sure that's um, all, gosh, I can't even like think of the. No, it's all that glitters is gold. Oh, that's all that glitters is gold yeah. and she's buying a stairway to heaven. Yeah. So I know that when they wrote the song, they there's been some sort of reference to the song being about a woman who has it all and has money, but she has no meaning. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't, that that doesn't resonate with me. The song sort of resonates like with my friends sort of ascending to a higher place and that I know that she's somewhere else and she's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, she's just she was always like sort of a very lively, bohemian, free spirited person Mm -hmm. who just lived life to the fullest. So um, when she died, she died in a freak accident. They had to cremate her. So we never saw her in this coffin. And. Like, when you don't see somebody in a coffin, for some reason, your brain sort of tricks you into believing that they're somewhere else. You know, I don't know if they really died. I didn't see it, you know, kind of thing. Interesting. So this song will play occasionally on the radio or just randomly. I'll be somewhere and I might have been thinking about her and it'll just play. So it's kind of been a... a So it's like she's there. Yeah. Yeah. What's her name? Kat. Kat. Katrina. Katrina. Yeah. How'd you meet her? Um, I was involved in Nosotros, and I uh, did a film festival for them in 2004, but I used to do like a lot of volunteer work, and she is a playwright, and so they put up one of her plays, and I met her there. 
and then we became best friends. Oh, that's so good. That's, I'm sorry, and I'm I'm happy that you had the time you had with her. Mm-hmm. This is this is why this show exists. It's because for all of us, when Maggie and I were talking about it and creating this thing, it was like you know, music tends to take on its own form for each of us individually. The, the artist, you know, obviously gets to talk about it, and well, this song was written about this, and this is what it means. But I don't think they care that we take it and make it our own, and it turns into sort of a. a I don't know, a talisman or, or some sort of a touchstone of some kind or a, a, a cue. I've got a few of them, you know, and it's it's pretty magical. So where did you make that? What When was it in your life that, that you suddenly realized, I, I want to make movies. I want to be creative. Did that happen at Venice? Did it happen at continuation school? Did it happen after Venice? Well, How did you end up back, like you are? Gosh, I mean, this is like turning into a therapy session. Um, <laughs> That's what everybody says. Hold on a second. Um, <laughs> So when I was in continuation, you know, like I said, they don't really care about your education. Gosh, I'm probably going to get like a phone call from like the LA. You get a workbook in continuation school. Like I I was a teacher's aide at a continuation school. Were you? Yes, I was. Yeah, well, I don't know. school, yeah. So I don't know what they enforce on you. But like, I mean, yeah, we, we went back to like third grade math. Like, they would give us these things out of, like, third grade math, like, how much of this pie is shaded or whatever. You know, it was, like, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, and it pissed off a lot of the students. But, like, for me, I had an English teacher, and the English teacher said, I'll tell you what, I'll give you one unit if you do an essay on a movie, any movie of your choice, or two television shows, or three, like, sitcoms. So I started watching a lot of movies and a lot of television so I could write English essays. Uh, And I made up like, I don't know, 15 units or something. It was like ridiculous. Like it put me over the mark. Like, and they were like, we've never seen, you know, a student excel so well, like in continuation. But I think that's kind of where um, a lot of my writing started. That's amazing. I mean, who was the teacher? What was her name? Oh God, I don't know. You don't remember her name, but she's no, pivotal no, no. in your life. Like that, that, that yeah, sparked I don't it, re- right? Yeah, I don't remember her. I mean, I remember what she looks like, mm-hmm. but I don't remember her name. Oh, yeah. So that's how I started writing and watching movies and stuff. Um, but when I was three and a half, my um, my uncle's house was rented out by Nick Cassavetes uh-huh. to shoot a movie. Yeah. I'm sorry, not Nick. John Cassavetes. John Cassavetes. Yeah. 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 I, what? Was, yeah, I know. It was like a night shoot. And so I was there and I was like three and a half. And for some reason, I got really excited. And I just saw this guy in the silver chair. And he's like, you know, and for, and I was a very inquisitive kid. So I was decided I was working on the crew. So I would bring coffee and, and, and water to like, you know, the actors and the crew and stuff like this. And I would tell my cousins, Shh, be quiet on the set. They're about to shoot, you know. And, and my uncle kept apologizing for me, which is like what most of my family would do is apologize for, you know, my boisterousness. But like, um, and John Cassavetti said, no, leave her. And I stayed up till like, Six o'clock in the morning the next day, like my whole family had went to sleep. And I remember like by seven, crew was driving off and down the street and I was staring out the window and I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to be the guy in the silver chair, you know. So I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know 
that was a director or a DP or whatever, but I knew I wanted to be in the film business. You, the, the circus came to town, and you're like Toby Tyler. You're going to run off to join yeah. the circus. What was the – was it a movie? Yeah, it was um, The Killing of a Chinese Bookie. Badass. That is so That's cool. your uncle's house? Yeah. I know what I'm doing tonight. You're going to watch <laughs> it. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm playing poker tonight, but one of these nights. Yeah. yeah what was the me. first set that you worked on that you earned money for? Do you remember? Well, I mean, a lot of the short films that I did, mm-hmm. I raised money for. Okay. Or I spent some of my own money making, so I didn't really earn. But I, I was um, selected to be part of the Fox Diversity Writers Program mm-hmm. with a television script that I wrote and had no idea what I was doing. But they optioned the script, and they said to me, you know, we were on the fence about selecting you because we – could tell that you have no idea how script formatting is for television. But your story was so good and it had such a heartbeat that we want to send you to Writer's Boot Camp in Santa Monica, California. And so they paid for me to go to a Writer's Boot Camp. That's great. Which was great. But I was like, I'm a director. Why am I like here with all these screenwriters? Oh, yeah, I wrote this, you know. (laughs) But it was helpful. I'm sure like it bled over into other things that you do now on set. Directing and producing. Yeah. That's great. Definitely. That's great. It was great, but I wanted to get back into directing. Mm-hmm. But it really helped, like, with screenwriting. What was the show that they optioned that you talked about? It was a, it was a television show called uh, Mismatched. And it was about, it was kind of like a, like a Laverne and Shirley, like a, okay. you know, two people that are just completely mismatched that have to, like, live together and be together because they can't afford to live on their own. You didn't have to struggle at all. You were never like living out of, <clears throat> like, not living out of boxes. But what I meant to say was like, you know, were you ever poor and like <laughs> hustling in this time? Oh my god! Like me? I said that. <laughs> <laughs> or was yeah, that, I was. Just, <laughs> I was. I was born a poor like stepchild, like, and now I mean, you know, I was raised. My dad died when I was seven months old, and I was my mom was seventeen when she had me. I was raised by a single mom, you know, on well, the east your- side. So I mean, I came out of the gate. Like I always say, you know, I'm like when I was born, God told the stork, "Okay, deliver her on the west side," and the stork mis, you know, misunderstood and delivered me on the east side. Yeah, like so, it. I've been trying to get to the west side ever since. You live on the I'm, west side now, right? Now I live on the west side. Yeah. yeah. So wait a minute. So your sister's about five mm-hmm. years younger. Is this with your stepdad? Is, is that no. her dad? Okay. No, no, no. So my dad died on Easter Sunday oh. when I was seven months old. Mm-hmm. My sister's dad died on Christmas Eve. I think Christmas Eve. Same when thing. she was like about seven or eight months old. Oh my god! Wow! Yeah. And then my stepdad committed suicide when I was like in high school. On Valentine's? <laughs> no, I don't know when. It was Arbor Day. That that one I don't really. I don't think. I don't want to make a, light of it. I date. really no. don't. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not trying. That's a to. crazy yeah. coincidence, though, to be about the same age. Yeah, your sister. Weird. Yeah. Well, it's even. It. You know what's really strange if you think about it. Um, I will think about it. Think about this. Okay. <laughs> so my sister's dad died on Christmas, which is really like the yeah. But what what is that holiday? The death she, of Christ. The, yeah. And what is oh, no the birth of Christ? The birth of Christ. And so what is Easter? The, the death, death of Christ. Christ. Jesus and, and, Christ. And the resurrection yeah. of it. So isn't that kind of strange? Yeah. That's very very strange. My dad was born on Christmas Eve. Mm. 
you might be. Why do I say things on this show where the guests and Maggie just look at me with odd faces? <laughs> for like, like, why did you say it? I don't know. I thought it was relevant. It is relevant. It is Woo! relevant. We just needed a moment to process it. Yeah, sure. We're trying to make the connection of where he fits into my storyline. Yeah. Well, it all makes us think of Stairway to Heaven. Yeah. 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 We just took we took the stairway to heaven. I know. This is like getting to be depressing. We need to like It's not it's at not all depressing. depressing. Are you kidding me? This is why tune trouble. This is not this is nothing except talking and cranking. So we got like a virgin, we got Take Me Down to the Paradise City, and we got Stairway to Heaven. It's a movement thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yes. a movement thing. And I am ready for song number four. Holy Everybody else? Moly. Ready. We're good? Two, yep. three, four. saw this movie for the first time a couple weeks ago. What? I know. I don't know. I have no connection to this song whatsoever. I don't know what movie it's from. I've never heard this song before that I remember, but I need this this song so badly right now. I'm but if you shivers. close your eyes I'm and low. just like disconnect from your mind. That's what I did. See what you see. Oh my God. I just see a mountains. I just see a green sort of slope and then I see a valley in front of me and I just I see the earth as I wish it really could be all the time but I know that it never will be but it's available sometimes I guess I don't know it's been hard that's what I'm trying to say God it sounds so nice it's beautiful it's just yeah it's what is this What is this about? What is it about? I don't for know. You? What did you see? Like when you closed your eyes, you saw mountains. Well, I mean, I don't want to bum rush the guest and make it about me, but it's like right now in my life, I need I need art like this because it yeah. totally. It's just like I didn't know what was coming. I thought it was going to be Peter Gabriel. I don't remember what the songs were. <laughs> I wanted to hear Peter Gabriel's voice, and all of a sudden, I just got overwhelmed by it, yeah. and it's just so beautiful. And it's like I need beauty in my life right now. Yeah, I want it in my life. That imagery was perfect, David. What, 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 what's it from? Um, well, the artist, her name is Lisa Gerard, And um, this, this particular piece was used in Ridley Scott's Gladiator, which is like on my top 10 list of movies. I see um, And But I listen to a lot of this type of music, which I don't know, you can kind of term as like ethereal or mm-hmm. new age so, I don't know. There's probably a lot of, you know, world type music and stuff. Um, for me, I listen to a lot of this song, like these types of songs when I feel like the world has just gotten too big and I need to just disconnect mm-hmm. and just sort of like channel back into like the simplicity of just like my nature and existence yeah. without like all the drama. That's kind and, of exactly what happened to me when I heard it. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, she's one of my favorite artists. Her in particular, she's from Australia, but this particular song, like some of her other songs that she has, 
has um, not all of them, but uh, there's like a a lot of these types of songs are from like a language that they say is like cryptophasia. Have you heard of it? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So like Greek, it's like stems from a Greek meaning where crypto means secret and phasia means speech. And uh, it's like really like a made up language. Okay. So those words don't really trans translate into like English or, you know, Gaelic or whatever. It's like a made up language, which she says that she's been using since she was 12 and she calls it the language of the heart. And uh, she says that she uses that language as, as a tool to communicate with God. Wow. It was really powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really nice. When was the last time you put this on? I listen to this all the time. I listen to like. Is this your like calm down in traffic kind of music or, you know, sitting down to meditate, do some yoga or get why, to start why writing? Why does meditation always have to like go alongside yoga? It doesn't. I hate yoga. Then don't, then don't do it. <laughs> That's like people hate, that are like, I want to start running, but I hate it. Like, well, then don't do that. Yeah. The, you won't, yeah. The last thing I want to do is like do downward dog and listen to this. Like, I mean, <laughs> I just want to like curl up in a ball. <laughs> Yoga's so hard. <laughs> it's so hard. I, I try. I'm just like, oh, my back hurts. Um, no, I listen to this type of music like sometimes in the car, um, sometimes at home. I'm just like, oh, my God, I just need to disconnect. Yeah. I just need to connect to my source, my true essence, like my spirit. You know, mm-hmm. I don't need to worry about, you know, this shoot or th- these types of things, like all these yeah. like sort of like mundane type of mm-hmm. things that we get inundated with on a regular basis, like where, you know, work, I got to pay for this. So I have to do this. Like, so this is, these are just my kind of like go to music to just center yeah. Yeah. Music is my antidepressant, you know, and I absolutely have no qualms about, nor will I ever resist if I need any kind of a medically assisted, like, chemical to help me feel better or get out. But music is my antidepressant. And it's like, I I, I, I would like to, to know more about this particular person, you know. So this has been a Y-Tune education. <laughs> Y-Tune shuffle education I mean it me. to be an education, but yeah, you it should happened. listen to it. Yeah, like, yeah it's cool. really great. Yeah, there's like a whole slew of artists that you've probably never heard of that are amazing. And what do you call this again? It's like cryptophagia? Um, well, the language, the language is called cryptophagia. Also, too, like they'll say it's kind of like a, um, they use it as like with fraternal or identical twins who like kind of have a secret language that only right, they right, right. understand. Oh, yeah, right. Now, this is from uh, they use this in the soundtrack, The Gladiator, which you just said was one of your top 10 favorite films. Yeah. Why? What about it? Well, not to be like, you know, completely shallow, but it's like the one time that, you know, I think Russell Crowe is like super hot. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. You know, and I don't know, like a man in the is killed with a sword. I don't know. It's like digging it. But but that's selfishly just, you know, my own aside. Um, That was the visual. Yeah, you know, I mean, what I love about it is, like, it's kind of this, you know, man is selfless act to, like, free the people of Rome, which Mm -hmm. is what the king wanted. And the king loved him and treated him like a son. Mm -hmm. And, you know, his real son was this, like, crazy person who was going to destroy Rome. And even though they killed Maximus's, like, family, he goes on this whole journey, like, 
to free all these people. So at the end, he just wants to die and wants to go back in return home, you know, his home being like his with his wife and his child in this afterlife. So there is sort of this afterlife component that seems to be a reoccurring theme <laughs> but it's and, the story that you're into i wasn't sure like from a director's point of view if there if it was just like so beautifully shot that it inspired you or if it was the story or costuming or i don't i mean i really don't know so yeah no it's always a story like first um the costumes were amazing mm-hmm. i mean it's a ridley scott film mm-hmm. it's i mean it's just re- i like sort of that kind of Roman. I'm actually into like war movies, believe it or not. So I like a good, you know, battle yeah. scene, stuff like that. Did yes. you see Dunkirk? Oh, because it's like three hours long. Christopher <laughs> Nolan's films are like epic, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's like they're the Alex Haley roots of like yeah. filmmaking. It's like they never end. <laughs> war movies. Yeah, I like What's war movies. What's your favorite movies? war movie? Oh, my God. Um, I mean, do you have one? Well, I mean, I like... Enemy at the Gates is one of my favorite ones. I, I like Saving Private Ryan. I was going to ask you. How could you not? Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah, I just, I love that. Why Tunes Traveled Truth? Truth. I haven't seen it. Oh, my gosh. I know. That's the, what the, the Americans defeat too. the Germans. I don't want to give it away. <laughs> but that's, that's how it ends. Yeah. I wasn't allowed to watch that stuff when I was young. When that came out, it was too considered too violent by my parents. It's like, violent. It's yeah. pretty violent. Yeah. yeah, I watched it in the movie theater, and I thought that I was going to, like, walk out. Yeah, it was and that rough. whole opening scene in, on Omaha Beach. Hold no punches. I was like, uh, I can't take this anymore. I'll and be- then just as I was about to walk out... It stopped. Yeah. And then it went into this beautiful story of like camaraderie and brotherhood. And, yeah, you know, I guess it's like the same thing. Like a, I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan. So it's like it's kind of like if you think about it, it's these fellowship, yeah. you know, this camaraderie of brotherhood to save the world and mankind from yeah. itself, you know. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I like War Meal. Movies. So you got this movie from college that you're going to make. Is it a big budget action movie? Is it a war movie? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I don't think anybody will give me like that kind of money for if a first If you could, fe- this is a film. dream show. This is where no, our dreams No, I'd save that from. for like second or third movie. Let's just make a nice sweet. Actually, it's it's I don't wouldn't call it a sweet movie. It's um it's an adaptation of Romeo and Juliet set in the streets of like Boyle Heights, MacArthur Park. And Sweet. it has to cool. do with gangs like Chinese gangs and Latino gangs and two young lovers that fall in love that should not be together but are in love. I love it. I'm a sucker already. Yeah, <laughs> I want to see that. <laughs> Does it have a title or working title? It's called um, Our Heart J. Our Heart oh. J? Yeah, like you carve it a tree like Our Loves J. Our yeah. heart, Jay. Oh, okay. Yes, that's there that's is great. a carving and a yeah. tree in there, and that's oh, what nice. the significance is. So, Jeez, Maggie gets me. Sheshi does. I knew I do. it. I would. I. <laughs> She's the hostess of the mostest. Yeah, isn't she? she is. Yeah. I'm obsessed. With Although her. I forgive her now for not seeing Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> you've, well, you've redeemed yourself. The guy that I'm dating is also a filmmaker, like I said, and he found out this list of movies that I still have yet to see so he like he's been educating me on this mm-hmm. and so the first one was like there's been so many but the recent one was Fargo like I hadn't seen that until three nights ago four nights ago I know oh and God. then he was like let's pull out Saving Private Ryan and I was like it's 10 30 
that's violent. I'm not watching that this late. Like, I can't. But it's yeah. so good. Did, did he say, like, he had to have been like, what? Yeah, he was. You haven't seen this film? That's every and movie. And then every, yes. every time he asks you, you're like, I haven't seen that. And he's like, what? And he's just like shaking his head. Like, yeah. how Like yeah. how could I fall in love with this girl who's never yeah. seen <laughs> these films? It I happens. Think, yeah, it does. And I think he enjoys it. I think he likes watching me watch, experience something for the first time. Oh, cool. sure. It's like taking someone to Disneyland that's never Back to been. like a virgin. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> but that always backfires with me. Like, I, when, I, when I, I was dating a woman, I was like, this was my favorite film growing up. Let's make a night of it. And it, the, like, I was like, it sucks. This yeah. movie is horrible. <laughs> I built this thing up. And, oh. oh, man. Well, that's that relationship so went south. Because what of the movie. What were you telling her to watch? Like- the Wanderers, Richard, adaptation of, an adaptation of Richard Price's novel, The Wanderers, about gangs in, 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 uh, in Queens and Flatbush. Oh. And it's based on a true story, you know? And it was, it was I, it's actually a great film. She didn't like it. Screw her. But I mean, the fact that you couldn't have a conversation and be like, why was this so important to you? Like, what is it? Because I find that to be more interesting is when the film is done and we talk about scenes and why they chose order, you know, like, and why those characters worked. And then we go into like, yeah. we start reading all about it. See, and that's where that's where the rubber hits the road. Because if you're with somebody and you want to share something that's really relevant, like this, this is why Tune Shuffle. We love music no matter what, you know, and it's going to come at us and, and we're, we're ready to receive it. But if somebody's going to say, oh, you want, you got to see this, this is really important to me. Not everybody's got that capacity, you know. To be like, why was this so important? Yeah, it's like it's the the. I just remember the person going like, I don't really get it. You know, it's kind of like walking off and making a sandwich or something. And I was oh. just... no, you can break up like with people. Like, I I mean, I have. <laughs> That's a deal breaker. Yeah, it is like, it's a deal breaker. like this is the most beautiful mu- movie I had ever seen, and then I'm like. This was so stupid. <laughs> How could you not see that this is art? How could you see that this is art? And isn't art subjective anyway? <laughs> like That's important, you know. though. You have to like the person's art that they make and appreciate and enjoy. Because I feel like that's that's your soul. You know what I mean? Um, song number five. That's it. Fine. <laughs> Pass me my sweater. Speaking of Louis <laughs> It's cold outside. Wow. But baby, it's cold outside. This evening has been hoping that you drop in. I'll hold your hands, they're just like ice. Beautiful watch. Oh, if only. If only. If only. I heard something really interesting about this song. What? That they tried, that it was actually written so that. The Dean Martin's part was supposed to be sung by her. Like the gender roles were supposed to be reversed. And it was supposed to be a spoof. It was supposed to be done as a comedy. Where she's like, it's cold outside, babe. Like, why don't you... Like, but at the time when that was written, it was so far-fetched that a woman would pursue a man. Which is the comedy of the I can yeah. see that. Yeah. Well, the song wasn't written for Dean Martin. It was actually written in 1944 for a movie called Neptune's Daughter. Yes. And this whole style of song writing is uh, called Call and Response. Mm-hmm. Call and Response. Have you heard of it? Uh, no. Yes. Yes, you have. You I swear I've, like never, you did. I, I've never heard it called Call and Response. It's called Call and Response. Um, it's where one person singing, which they term as like the wolf 
mm-hmm. is trying to entice another person, which is usually a woman, which they call the mouth, and it's in a romantic, playful gesture. Uh-huh. So if you think about a lot of the songs, I mean, a lot of the movies, like in the 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s, like all of them were always about trying the guy trying, trying to, to get, get the girl who mm-hmm. was like either no I'm proper don't treat me like this or like she didn't want to be with him but then by the end they're together and then all of a sudden they well, break out in song yeah so what does this song do for you I love Christmas music yeah. oh. I know I know it's so weird I know it's like really really weird because you're like oh it's the holidays, so I picked the song. But I listen to Christmas music all the time. <laughs> oh my god! And like, I love—I mean, I love all types of like Christmas music. I'll listen to Enya. Like, I like the Jules Christmas CD. But like, in particular, I listen to the Rat Pack uh, Christmas yeah. CD. Like, I don't know. There's something about like Frank Sinatra and like yeah. Bing Crosby and Dean Martin, and Sammy Back Davis and Jr. Cole, like singing yeah. these old songs. I don't know. It's just I think they're kind of fun and they're romantic and they're playful. But at the same time, they like make me happy because they remind me of like Christmas and that time of year where everybody is just like thankful and spending time with people that they love and so what do you say to people when they're like no christmas music until after thanksgiving please i don't have any friends like that (laughs) i mean like off my list i have to like block you from social media (laughs) like why is it like may and you're listening to christmas songs because i feel happy (laughs) if i'm depressed or if i'm unhappy or i'm like something just like the world is just a bad bleak place to be in and i don't want to connect to source i want to feel like i'm just doing the waltz across the floor with bing crosby like you know i love it on a (laughs) with a with an evening gown and just being twirled around and you know that's just so that's so fine that's so okay you know and and, but there's i'm sure there are millions of people and i'd like to hear from our listeners you know what what how they feel about year-round occasional christmas i guess i'm the kind of a person where i would probably feel i'm gonna get in trouble Really? This will get me in big trouble, and I, I really shouldn't do this. So you but have to look over I? your shoulder, and you'd be like, oh, my gosh, I hope nobody's listening because I'm going to play Christmas music. So he's got, music. like, the windows rolled up in the car. He's like, Dave, yeah. Are you listening to Christmas music? No. That sounds like schlinglingling. It's not schlinglingling. Since you picked this song. I work for a radio station in Los Angeles called Coast 103.5, and they have flipped to all 24-hour Christmas music. We started in the second week of November, and we'll go all the way through Christmas. And right now, because of all these sexual misconduct allegations that are coming out, this song in particular is under fire. I can't tell you every day there's an email or a tweet or some kind of some wow. phone call of people that are like, don't you think in this day and age, in 2017, with everything in the media, that you should can this song? So I'm interested, since we talked about feminism so much, how you feel about that, specifically since you picked this song. Oh, I picked the song and I'm a woman and we're talking about feminism and now we have all these people saying, take this song take down. Take this song down. Yeah. I don't look at it as that, at that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, but we did talk about the call and response. So that is sort of like probably an old ideology of movie making. But I mean, guys still pursue women. And they should. And Women still say no, and then how many and times have you? <laughs> how many times have you like heard stories from your friends saying, "Oh, 
I didn't even like him when I first met him, but he kept pursuing me and he wouldn't give up. And then finally he showed up, he showed up one day with like this or that. And they're like, I just gave in and married him, you know? Yeah. I don't really think about it. That's an actually an interesting. I'm right there with you as a new, a, a young feminist. I believe that this song taken out of context and you try and put something that was written in what the 30s, 40s? It was written in 1944. Yeah. yeah. When you take something that was written in the 40s and try and make it make sense in 2017, then you're looking at it wrong. There was just a story that came out from a school that was so offended by a bit that Steve Martin did in the 70s on SNL about King Tut. Again, the bit's funny, but when you take it out of context and you try and force it and make it fit in today's world, well, of course you can be offended, but that's not what it was intended for. And when you try and make something that contextually in the 70s or even in the 40s that was interesting and fun and light and sweet and made you feel a certain way then, of course it's not going to have the same effect now. So play the song and let's get a little nostalgic because it's one of the only Christmas songs I feel like I'm really good at singing. So we're not taking it off the air. Well, I mean, if that's the case, then you'd have to take Santa Baby off. Because yes. Santa Baby, like, I mean, I like Eartha, Eartha Kitt's rendition, but I mean, the lyrics are very suggestive, you know, like, yeah. and it's a woman saying that. Mm-hmm. So then we'd have to take that off, too. Thank like, you. if you want to read into the sexuality of it, like I when I listen to Baby, It's Cold Outside, which is one of my favorite songs. Mm-hmm. It's just sort of this like romantic kind of, you know, play mm-hmm. like of cat and mouse type. You know, the guy is trying to woo the girl and the girl's like, no, 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 no. And, you know, she ends up leaving you know, anyway. <laughs> yeah. But um, it's just suggestive and playful and romantic. I, that's how I take it. But yeah. I mean, I can see how it could be creepy to some people. Right. As most Christmas music. Well, I think what's happening right now in general, you know, in many different ways of the evolution of the United States of America is that it's it's actually a dialogue and it's not a mandate. But a lot of people hear the dialogue and they immediately assume, oh, this is a mandate. And so they overreact to what is, well, it's a dialogue. And this dialogue can lead us into perhaps maybe a more, a, a different kind of creativity and a different kind of way to communicate, a different kind of dance between men and women. You know, we're constantly evolving and it's just it's just a dialogue. But people get so then let's change everything or they have that mm. feeling. It's like the guys that are opposed to like everybody getting a trophy in third grade football. Mm. That's an outrage. <laughs> we, we have to learn how to win and lose. That's how we used to do things. You know, I, I don't know if that, that worked very well. Look, read a newspaper today, you know, kind of mm-hmm. thing. It's like we're not going to end competition. We're just dialoguing here. Mm-hmm. That's my two cents. No, I like that. That's, that's, a, that's a good two cents. Yeah, Is it? So too. All right. Thank you. <clears throat> I loved your Faye Five. These were great songs. Your stories are fantastic. Thank you for sharing all of them. Oh, sure. Thank nice you for having me. Nice to get to know me. you better, Shauna Baca. Let us, yeah, let us do a little bit of the work and play a little game called Band Name or Bar Name. It's Let's- that time again. Oh, my God. Band Name or Bar Name. <laughs> this is the world-famous quiz show brought to you exclusively by y Shuffle. Our host, Maggie Mayfield... Uh, is not very good at this game. I'm not. So you'll be competing uh, alongside and helping her to try and uh, decide. <laughs> Wait, am I competing or helping no, her? We're working you're, together. You're working together. Oh, we're working together. But don't believe me. Usually I'm wrong. What I've done, okay. uh, every, at the end of every show or near the end of every show during this segment, um, we ask our guest you know, to, to play, white, uh, to play bar, band name or bar name. And how the show works is I have researched a location in the world and I've found the name of a bar and I found the name of a local band. And I'm going to tell you the names of both of them. And you have to tell me which one is the bar and which one is the local band. So these are actually Byron Bay, Australia. 
Byron Bay. Byron Bay. Oh my God! I Australia. Oh, Australia. Right. <laughs> and I say, hey, do you want to go to Pat Panks Romana for dinner because Tarzan is playing there tonight, or would you like to have some shrimp on the barbie at Tarzan and go hear the music of P A N X Romana? I think Panks Romana is a restaurant. Is the oh, restaurant? I was going to say that's the singer, the name of the singer. Oh, so wait, wait is it? I we don't have it was, to give the same answer. I thought answer, it was but... bars in. One of them is the name of a bar, and one is the name of a band. So is Tarzan oh, name the of name of a band? Yeah. Okay, I see what you're saying. So is Tarzan the name of a bar or a band? Is Panks Ramona the name of a band? Panks. <laughs> I want to Ram- meet someone named Panks. Yeah, yeah, X. I don't know. Uh, Tarzan's the name of a bar. That's what I was going to say. So wow. Panks Ramona. Is the singer or group? They're Australian. They say weird I don't things. Know, but it's Final answer is Tarzan. It sounds like it sounds like pasta. Pangs Ramona. <laughs> Ramona. Well, if you're at twenty four seventeen Queensland Boulevard, you'll be eating at Tarzan, hey! the restaurant bar yeah. where shrimp on the Barbie is oh, a local nice. favorite, and you'll be listening to the rock music of Panks Romana, which are an international Romana. rock and roll punk band started in nineteen seventy seven. Wow. And unfortunately, ended their career in 1982. So before it even started, really. before it even started, <laughs> just getting going. Right even more. I never wow. really did hit Australia. Yeah, did it. so I, I was uh, I really dug deep to find the name of a. I saw a punk band, so I didn't really read this until just now. So well, congratulations <laughs> for playing bar name or band name. You are a winner, and what that entitles you. you to is absolutely nothing. I got a Coke out of it. You got a Coca-Cola. You got some uh, free water. Like a treat. (laughs) Uh, But your job now, Sharpie. You've got to take us. You got the blue Sharpie? Yeah, she gave me a blue Sharpie. God love you. I can't do my eyebrows with it, but. (laughs) Make it work. It'll kind of go with your purple hair. (laughs) Your job is to give us a location anywhere in the world. And I will research that location and I will discover a bar name and a band name for next week's guest. So you get to choose. Where are we going to go? Anywhere in the continental United States or anywhere abroad. Okay, I'll go abroad. Okay. (laughs) To Croatia. Croatia? Oh, that'll be easy. That'll be easy. Croatia. (laughs) Have you been to Croatia? Almost. Almost? (laughs) I was in Israel. Hop, skip, and a jump. Yeah, wow. How long were you in Israel? Um, For like 10 days? No, no, no. 11 days. Lucky you. I'm curious, what is a guilty pleasure that you're enjoying right now? Either musically, television, movies, peanut butter, I don't care. I don't know. I think I've been, I was binging on a lot of different, like, shows. This is really crazy. So I read, um, you know, when people were, like, doing the Fifty Shades of Grey Mm -hmm. stuff? Like, so I had went into a bookstore and I was like, let me peek into this, right? This was, this was like a phenomena, like everybody oh, yeah. was talking about it, right? So I had I had like read three pages and I was like, ugh. Like, you know, I'm not reading that. But I'm not into like reading romance novels. You're and, a war flick kind of chick. Yeah, yeah like I, I mean that or self-help books, you know. Okay. It's like that's kind of my shtick and a genre of what I would read. So I was not feeling well and I stayed home and I binged on all these movies and I started watching like – Fifty Shades of Grey, which everybody said was horrible. But I was just like, oh, my God, this is like a porno. Like, I'm watching porn right now. And? 
And then I had watched Fifty Shades Darker right after. I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is like, this is. You're I'm like, are it. people allowed to like? You know why I was actually into it? Not because I thought it was like a great movie, but because um, Jamie Dornan, who's the actor in it, was in one of my favorite television series called The Fall, oh. where he plays this this like serial killer, but he's like hot in it. You know, a like, hot serial killer. yeah, I never thought I would be attracted to a serial killer. So I was like, he's really hot and mysterious and sexy in this, you know, so I could see why they picked him for mm-hmm. Fifty Shades of Grey as playing yeah. this like sadomasochist or whatever who can't love. He's perfect casting. But I think that when I was watching, it was more like watching your serial killer. Yeah. Like do he sexy was, stuff. He was still. Oh, yeah. Do sexy stuff. Yeah. That he should have been doing instead of killing women you know in the other series and stuff no but i just binge on a lot of movies like lately like if i can hide out that's my favorite thinking very hard i'd love to hear the story of your very first concert ever my first concert was the duran duran concert (laughs) yeah who'd you go with well, okay, so I got into a lot of trouble because I had um, my best friend, her name was Amy, and she did, we were all Duran Duran fans. But I had this other friend named Maria who was like a diehard Duran Duran fan, and she was like crying because she couldn't get tickets. Well, my aunt happened to work at the, the Forum. Yeah, she worked at she worked at the concert venue that was – or it was okay. the Santa Monica Civic Center, actually. Okay. Um, and so she got – Two free tickets, so I could only pick. I had to pick one oh, person, boy. and like it was bad who'd because you, you I pick? well I picked Maria because she was the bigger fan and that was the right thing to do, but then my friend Amy wouldn't talk to me after that. Aww. Aww. so that was the end of your friendship with Amy. I don't know if that was the end of the friendship with Amy, but ultimately. The, the friendship ended. The end. It yeah. was the beginning of the end. Oh, bummer. But I'm glad you took Maria. Yeah. She was so happy. She was crying. It was like she was crying because she couldn't go. And then she was crying through the whole thing. Oh, my God, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, That's great. I mean, and I, I was a fan, but, you know, I it was like not a diehard fan. Like I would have probably killed somebody to go to the Guns N' Roses concert, at yeah. the, you know, a few years later. That would have been, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I'm taking these tickets. I'm robbing you for these tickets. Yeah. <laughs> but, I went to continuation school, mother sucker. Exactly. <laughs> I'll get my friend Psycho after you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what about your last concert or last musical experience? The last concert I went to was Guns N' Roses. Oh, oh my God. When the they reunion? Took a, yeah. Oh, Lord. What was the t- – oh, God. I'm such a bad fan. What was it? Not in this lifetime tour or something like that. Is his yeah. foot broken? He was sitting down. Yeah, he was sitting down. Like his I think he broke. Did he break it at Coachella or something? I don't know. Or was that at Coachella? He was. He broke it somewhere. But um, everybody else was running around, and so I went with my friend, and we were like fourteen all over again, oh, yeah. just like, oh my god, GNR! Like, it was so much fun. Good. Now that we've heard a snippet of your musical taste and we kind of have an idea of like what you do and what you're into in the movies that you like if someone wants to keep up with your work and see the movie that you're hoping to finance and put into production here soon how do we stay in touch with you what is your corner of the internet well i have a website it's called shanabaka.com not too hard to find (laughs) (laughs) or i'm on facebook at 
Shauna of the Jungle. Oh. Oh, really? I thought yeah. Facebook picked it and that was it. You had to stick no. with it. No. Oh, I didn't know that. No. <laughs> Mine is forward slash Shauna of the Jungle. Shauna of the Jungle. I, you guys can't guess why. Uh, Are you going to tell us? You're wild. It's like, welcome to the jungle. It's like, oh, my dear. <laughs> you know, the oh my of, god, you guys failed at the this is not <laughs> the, the worst game fail. that I just <laughs> yeah. threw on you guys. Why is this my title, my handle? Well, Shauna of the jungle, Shauna you're still a rock jungle. chick. I am still a rock Good chick. Good for you. Yeah, Good for you. Congratulations on everything. Thank you even, so much. Even though I'm so conservative now. I know. I was kind of. I thought you were almost going to be a nun or something. Like I'm a little a shocked nun. and surprised. I met Shauna a number of years ago on a film set, and yeah. we've stayed in contact for right. you know the rest of that time. I won't. Yeah, that so. was like 2004. Two, that's a long. That's, that's a long. I was time. a producer on that. Yeah. David was an actor. Nice. Yeah. Well, my gosh, nice. time flies. Well, <laughs> I haven't changed a bit. No. I haven't or you haven't? Uh, you haven't. Oh. I wouldn't I was saying, say that. I was saying you haven't. I was like, yeah, that's right. You haven't. <sighs> I haven't changed either? No. Let's make another movie. Okay. Shana right. Baca. All right. Thank you Thank so much. You.